people have given and the encouraging words that come through. So that being said, good morning. Welcome to one, two, three, one, two, three. I told Sister Amy, I said, we won't get to experience this again, at least for another century. Because the calendar has to correlate where the year has to be a 23 to make this work out. And I almost feel like it's a dance this morning. I think God particularly likes to set things up to where we can enjoy little things like that. But it's kind of funny, though, that today being New Year's Eve and as we're looking into the future with hope and glee, we're often looking behind. As a kid... I know many of us had bedtimes around 8 o'clock most likely, sometimes a little later. Mine was 8 o'clock, and I can remember as a kid, I longed for the days when I would be old enough to stay up to watch that ball fall in New York City on the TV and say, Happy New Year. And then as I've gotten a little older, and a little bit more older, I've kind of decided that it's just nicer to go to bed at 8 o'clock. <laughs> but I do have a question I want to ask everybody. What was your traditions like on New Year's? Can you reminisce on those? You see, as I get older and older, like I said, I love the traditions that me and Melissa have set forth where... We have our sauerkraut and smoked sausage with mashed potatoes, and the kids turn their nose up at it. So they get mashed potato or chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese. And we sit there and we watch the news and the commotions and everything that's going on. And as everybody prepares for the draw to, or the ball to drop, and you get watching the news where they show Times Square where it's maxed out. And I looked around and I said, "Praise God, we are not there." It's about every year. But I love how we just look at this day and we, we kind of just don't know what to do with it. Isn't that you sometimes? You look at the day and you're just like, I don't know what I want to do with this day. It's a special day, but why is it a special day? What's so impactful on it? And I'll be honest, New Year's Day makes me question, why do we? So I did the research. And if you know anything about our calendar system, it does not actually follow in line with the Jewish calendars. The Jewish calendar is built around the lunar cycles and, and, and how God correlates that and adds the different months in there according to how the full moon pops up. Ours does not. Easter always made me wonder that. I was like, why does Easter jump from March to April to March to April to sometimes almost February? And then I realized it's because it's based off the Jewish calendar. I say all this because our calendar is based off of the Roman Greek calendar, which is often tied to how they got so smart they could figure out how long it took for an entire spin around the sun it was about 365 days, and they were able to correlate that with the seasons and the stars and all that stuff. But then they named all their months after a lot of the traditional gods that they had. And as we get ready to approach January, January was named after the god Janus. Janus was the god of doors, of gates, 
and of transitions. And I found that interesting as I was doing my research about it this week and, and as I was focusing in on what does that mean for us and how does that correlate. It's because we look at the new year as a tradition or a transition into something greater. Can I just say in 2019, I can remember how the pastors were teething at preaching the message about 2020. Oh, and how we were going to have clear vision and it was going to be a phenomenal year. And then we lived through it. I can remember how they got to 2021 and they were like, oh, this is going to be even greater. And then we still lived through it in 2022 and then 2023. And now we're at 2024 getting ready to look at it with this, this idea that there's going to be a new thing, a new gateway, a new transition into our lives that will do something different. But isn't it funny how the old traditions have influenced us to today where we look at, at, at this point in time in our lives, this entryway into the month of January with this understanding of how the, the Greeks and the Romans would look back and look forward because the God of Janus was a two-headed or two-faced creature God where he could look forward and backwards and we do the same thing every time we get to a new year. I mean, Pastor Kenny alluded to it. Sister Amy alluded to it. We get to the point of this spot on every year's calendar, and we look back and say, what was 2023 was all about? You're going to watch the news, and they're going to have the roles of people that passed away that were famous. Or, or they're going to think about all the big moments that were going on. And big moments are great and they have an impact in our life and the ability to change things and, and bring remembrance of, of, of hopes and dreams that might have shattered or hopes and dreams that might have come together. But as we get ready to go into the next year on our calendar, I think it's something that we need to bring our attention to. You see, the Lord has been weighing on me a lot this last week as I prepared the sermon. Changes were last minute done with the, the order of service and, and, and different things that would correlate with it. But what I felt that God was saying is, is that we need to bring hope back into our lives. I know we get hopeful about the new year. Every year, you could read the statistics of what people think that are going to happen. Some people think about the new year and they dream about buying a house. Some people dream about the new year and dream about marriage. Some people think about it and think about, oh, I'm going to have a kid this year. Some of us are dreaming about the day our kids graduate and get out of the house. Some of us dream about better health saving money. Or some of us dream about getting into shape. I'm not the only one, am I? Praise God, at least I'm not the only one. But some of us even dream about just spending more time with our loved ones and getting to have that moments and the memories with them. You see, some of us look forward to tomorrow 
But there's something that is in us that brings forth this fear in our lives, and that's the fear of uncertainty. I truly believe that this fear comes from something within each of us because we do not have a control over certain situations that we encounter. Like 2020. I don't know why I kept reflecting on that this week. But I can remember 2019 hearing about the rumors of a China virus that was coming this way. And I didn't know the impact that it was going to have on our lives. I had hopes for 2020. Just like I had hopes for 2019. Better yet, just like I had hopes for 20, or 2000 when I was fearing about the, the, the dot-com thing, or not the dot-com, the, the Y2K influence that was going to hit us all. Do you guys remember that, right? Some of you might be too young. But in the year 2020, it was predicted that the computers were all going to stop working and that we were going to go back in the dark ages. Right when the ball hit, the computers were going to all crash. We survived. If you're young enough, you be thankful your parents survived. But the truth is, the uncertainty that comes forth in our lives is the thing that often holds us back so much. And that's why what I found was, as I was reflecting on what God wanted me to speak to each and every one of us this morning, came out of the book of Jeremiah, and I, and I said, God, I don't understand how this really applies for each and every one of us this morning. But let me tell you, I've learned that when he gives me something, I have to be obedient in it. And as he was speaking to me, he says, I want you to talk about Jeremiah and the prophet that he was, how, how he was taught to speak words to his people. And a lot of the times the prophet Jeremiah would hear from the Most High God and he would say, go here or go there. And he would go and he would witness something and then God would speak to him. And then the scripture this morning comes out of Jeremiah chapter 18 and I'll put it up on the screen. But if you have your Bible, if you want to make a note of it, just go back and revisit it and encounter it. But what it starts off with is where God calls Jeremiah forth. And he says, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house. And there was, a, there was he, and he was working at his will. And as the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good. Let us pray this morning. Father God, Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the word that you've given us, for, for, for a hope, Lord, that's coming into the new year. But God, get me out of the way. Speak through me. Speak to each and every one of us with some itchy ears, Lord, and open up the ones that are clogged and let them hear your word, Lord, that you wanted them to hear. So that way that they can go into a new season with something different. A new change, Lord. A new transition. A new door. A new gate, Lord, of 2024 with something greater. But God be with us all. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church said, Amen. I have a question for you, for each and every one of you. 
Do you wish that there are some things in your life that you could uh, just come off of you this year? Something that could come off of you with such ease. I'll be honest, I wish some sickness would get out of my house this week. I wish that there was some less bills that were hitting us up because of inflation. There are days that I wish that I could go to the grocery store and spend $100 and get what I paid back in, what was it, 2018. Better yet, I wish that there was some other things that would just loosen off of me to allow me to walk this Christian walk with a little ease. You see, I love that God brought this scripture into my heart this week because as we approach the new year, we should think regarding the, the potter as sitting at his will, working the clay as, as what God is trying to activate within our lives this year. You see, what we need to understand is, is that God is trying to do something within each and every one of our lives, whether we know it or not. You see, some of us might have been praying for all of 2023 that God do something different. Somebody might have been praying, God, remove this addiction from my life. And you've been struggling with it for so long. But guess what? He can do anything He wants to. For some of you, you might have been praying, God, remove this annoying person at work. Can we just be real? It's hard to deal with people sometimes. For some of you, you might be struggling with finances, and you've been praying that God can move miraculously in those. But I want to encourage each and every one of you, don't stop praying whether it happens here or whether it happens later. It's time for us as a body of believers to start pursuing the God of the Most High and allow Him to speak to each and every one of us according to His plans, according to His riches, according to His glories, and according to His desire to bless us accordingly. You see, what I feel that God is trying to get us to waken up to is, is that we get to a place where we think we can get rid of our own dysfunction. I have never seen a lot of people be able to overcome a lot of things without his help. I've watched AA groups meet in the church. I've watched them read how the Beatitudes of Jesus Christ, how they influence their, their lives to give them hope. As they read the promises that, that blessed are the poor in the spirit, blessed are the meek, blessed are the brokenhearted, blessed are the ones that are downtrodden. And I've seen how God can move through the scripture and transform lives through that. A lot of them think that it's all on them. But can I just be honest? It has to be from him. You see, we live our lives in that same dysfunction still, though. Because of that uncertainty that we encounter with the fear of the unknown. As we walk through this life with the uncertain situations hitting us left and right. Like if my kids the other day, they were like, well, it was Julia. And if you know Julia, Julia is just matter of fact. And she was like, yeah, dad, I don't know if I want to go do this because I think I could die. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She says, well, I guess if I went diving in with sharks, the sharks could eat me and then I could die. So I don't want to do that. And I was like, Jules, where are you going with this? 
And she says, well, I just don't want to die. I said, okay. You want me to tell you the real facts? You could go down the road, get in the car wreck, and die right then and there. So does that mean you're never going to get into a car? You could be drinking water and choke on your bottle cap and then die. You don't live this life with the certainty that comes forth. But we're called to live with the hope of what could come through our lives. And that's why I love how God doesn't just give us an example of what he's trying to preach and leave us there. Because if I would have stopped right there at Jeremiah, where Jeremiah is just witnessing what the potter is doing without the Lord speaking, we would have no reference points of our hope. Because in, it continues on where it says, Then the Lord, or the word of the Lord came to me, and he said, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as the potter has done? He declares, Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. We are in his hand. And if we're in his hand, we're a work in progress. And if we're a work in progress, get ready to see what God is doing in our lives. Get ready to see what he can transform in each and every one of us. But it comes through that pursuit and that hunger for God. You see, as we get ready to cross into 2024, as we get ready to do the one, two, three, one, two, three dance into 2024 this week or tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Yeah, it's tomorrow. See, I told you I'm getting older. And when I'm getting older, I get older. <clears throat> but as we get ready to go into it, what do we find? We find that we have these desires and these hopes and these dreams. It's like I can guarantee you, planet fitness, I won't touch it for two weeks. Trust me, I've been there. The first two weeks of every new year, everybody's got this idea, I'm going to lose weight. And they go to the gym and they don't know how to use the operating equipment or they do some funky dances and I don't want to see what they're wearing half the time, so I walk out. <clears throat> I'm just being real. But we all have these pursuits and these desires. So therefore, you see the weird things that people will do because they desire to change the things in their lives, but they don't have the resolution behind them to keep going. Which is why we'll come January 15th, I'm okay to go to the gym. Because it only lasts two weeks and then they drop off. And then as I go work out, I'm okay. I don't have to see all the crazy stuff that people are going to do. But I say that. Because the resolution that we set within our hearts and our spirits is what allows us to keep going when we don't think we have the gumption or the go-how. It's the resolution that we have to put within us that, that we're so resolute that we're not going to stop, that we're not going to let go. It's the same resolution that God has for his creation. He could have given up on humanity long, long, long time ago. But you're still here. He could have just said, I'm done with it and never gave Noah the plans for the ark and just said, wash it all away, let it go. But he looks at humanity and sees something in it worth saving. 
He looked at humanity and saw something in it that he longs for because he has a resolution to take us into his hand and to mold us and to change us as we are not always wanting to go through. Can I tell you, the pastor up here in this place with the microphone did not like what God had to put him through to change him to be the man that he is. It's, this, it's, it's uncomfortable. It hurts a little bit. Because what you have to realize is when a potter is working on his clay, he has to use tools that remove things from it. Because a, 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 a spinning wheel is great, but the clay gets a lot of debris put into it. It's the stuff in us that attaches to us that he has to go through and use a tool to pry it away. And it hurts. It's like friends. You're old enough to know that some friends stay, but some friends go. It's like relationships. Some girlfriends stay and are not wife material. Some go. Same goes for the husbands. Some boyfriends are good, but some are not good. But it's like that with addictions, where God wants to remove the things that this flesh wants to give you the reprieve and the ability to walk accordingly, to become the vessel that he desires you to be. But that also means that it takes work. It takes being on the wheel. It takes being with him in this time and in this journey of our lives and allowing him to do the work that he needs to do. But that's also why we need to understand that what we're looking at, the struggles of our lives that we can hold on to the hope that God will allow the marks of the stuff that he's pulling out to be the reminders of us for our tomorrow. You see, we all have a past that we like to look at sometimes. Man, I remember the good old days, right? Where I used to go out with my buddies and we would drive around for $5 and we would get to Cincinnati and back and never run out of gas. Man, those were the good old days, Sister Amy. Nowadays, if I have $5, I'm lucky to get the Burger King. <laughs> it is the truth. But we also look back at other th moments in our lives where we would have hope, where we would have ideas and things that we would say that we would never, ever do again. We all have had those experiences, right, where we're like, man, I was that stupid. I should never do that again. Those are the things that we remember, the good and the bad and the ugly. But we have to remember that God is writing each and every one of us our stories as we walk into 2024, where he has us on the potter's wheel, and he's trying to rewrite the story to correct us and to accordingly to, to right the wrong of the humanity within each and every one of us. That's why I love how God spoke the words to Jeremiah. Can I not do with you as I have done with the potters, or as the potter has done? You see, we need to understand that God is trying to do the same for us. He's trying to change the idea of our story to the one that will be greater in each and every one of our lives. But the struggle within humanity is that we struggle to let him do it every single moment. That is because we, like so many of others, 
have been following our own ideas and not letting God do it. But he's wanting to let us become the witnesses of his story-creating ability within each and every one of our lives so that we can have something greater. But there's also the struggle of going through the process. Because the world would rather mock us as believers because they think they've got it greater. See, I remember a movie that I watched recently. And in it, it had this grandson. He was looking at his grandma as he was visiting her for Christmas. And he gets such a disdain in his mouth because he's for the world. And he looks at her and he says, Grandma, I don't know what you're doing. You look so smug. You served God all your life, and look at you. You've got dementia. You're worth nothing. But I, I've done it all myself. I've got the riches. I've got the house. I've got everybody jealous of my lifestyle. But Grandma, look at you. And in that story, I bring the illustration because this is what God does in the life of a believer. He looked at her life and he said that she was worthless because of the degradingness of her quality of life, where she didn't remember all the memories, where she wasn't always able to do what she thought she could. But he, being a younger man, thought he was greater. But when God comes in and writes a story, he speaks through our lives. And in the movie, he spoke through Grandma, and she says, you think you're so great. Prisons are great. It's even more of a better prison when you think that you're free, but you're still locked behind the bars of your reality. And he looked at her and he says, I don't get it. You see, that illustration that God brought to my remembrance this week was one that, that brings something that we need to have in our lives. If God is writing our story and he's allowing our past experiences to change us, to morph us, to grow us, then we need to hold on to those memories with those every, every piece of it and allow it to be the reminders when we go through the trials and the tribulations as our mind might wane, and we need to start using it to be the witnesses to him. Because this world needs to hear more of what God is doing in our lives as he's rewriting us and remolding us to look nothing like what we once were. That's what we need to change. But too often, we have people in the church pews that lose sight of their hope. They lose sight of what God is trying to do in their lives. They lose sight of what it's going on because they get so tempted left and right. And they jump off the potter's wheel. Because too often we look at tomorrow's unknowns. Without the hope and the blessings to come. You see, I think that's where the churches need to start speaking a little bit bolder. It's where the microphone and the platform needs to be reminding that it's not about this life, but it's about the one that's to come. 
That's why when I look at the funerals that I've attended and, and performed, that I, I look at the lost love or the loved ones as they're grieving over their, 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 their spouse that had passed away, their grandparent, their sons and daughters, their nieces and nephews, their brothers and their sisters. And I can look at them and say, you do realize, I know it's sad in the moment, but God is still writing the story. And though that they're not breathing here on earth, it's still being told. It's still being spoken over their lives because while they're not here on this side of the world story, their road in the Lamb's book of life as they're talking and worshiping with God. You see, we have a hope and a blessing that we need to not lose our focus on, church. As we keep pursuing after everything that God has given us and the, the hopes and the dreams of, of things that have not yet come into our lives. But we have to keep looking to it and not to the things of this world. Not to the missed promotions that you think you've lost. Not to your struggle and your addictions. Not to the sickness. You see, only then when we, when we get our eyes off of that can we put our focus on like what Lamentation reminds us. That it says, the steadfast love of God is never ceasing and His mercies come, never come to an end. And they are new every morning. Like what the psalmist wrote, says, This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Only then can we really see and know that weeping may last for a moment. But his joy comes in the morning. Amy, if you'll come on up, guys. You see, we have hope. Not because of who we are, but because of who God is. And we are called to reflect on his promises every single day of our lives. The psalmist wrote that the weeping may last in the morning, or for, uh, for the night, but the joy comes in the morning. It's a song that is a resounding influence on our lives that we can face the world as we walk through it. It is because we don't look to tomorrow for our hope but we look for him 2024 looks great I don't know what we're going to encounter I don't know what we're going to endure but I know who's at, whose hand I'm in I don't know who's going to be the president I don't know if some more crazy wild virus is going to hit us I don't know if there's going to be more wars that flare up. I don't know if there's going to be enough food on the shelves. But I know who holds me. I don't know if I have a job promotion coming up or a pay increase that I needed. But I know who holds me. And the one thing that I keep holding on to is the fact of what Jesus spoke. As he was looking at his disciples in the upper room and he was saying, it's time. My time here is done. And he looked at him and he says, I'm going to give this to you. The new covenant. And he says, as long as you do this in remembrance of me, it'll give you strength to hold on for tomorrow. So if you'll stand with me this morning. And I think you all got this right here. The little cup thing with the, with the bread and the juice. If you don't, raise your hand, we'll get you one. 
but there's two parts to it. You pull the top part out, it gives you the bread, and you pull the next part, and it gives you the juice. And I love how Jesus told his disciples, this is what you need to do. And I love how we're going into 2024 reminding ourselves of his promise that our hope is in him. Our joy is in him. Our everything is within him. And we need to hold on to that longer and deeper every single day of our lives. But I want to look at the scriptures to remind us of what we're getting ready to partake in. You see, Paul wrote the words, the best, and explaining it and how it operates within the church. When he says, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took the bread and broke it. And when he was given, gave thanks and he broke it. And he says, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same ways, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, this is the blood of the new covenant in my blood. Or this is the cup, of, which is the new covenant with my blood. Do this as often. And uh, this is all messed up on me here. And do this as often, and remember of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink from this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever drinks and eats the bread and drinks of this cup of the Lord is unworthy of a manner, will be guilty of concerning his body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then. And so eat the bread and drink from the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. So before we partake in this, I want to ask each and every one of us to take a moment and examine what's in your life, what's been influencing. Is he the one that you want to hold on to? Do you have a secret sin that you're holding on to that you need to repent? Right now is the moment that we should take. So let's take a moment. Lord Jesus, just touch each and every one of us, Lord. As we get ready to walk through 24 and, as we, and we, we get ready to take this, this communion, Lord, as we do as a remembrance of you, Lord, and the impact and the hope that you bring into our lives. It, help us to examine ourselves, Lord. If there's a sin, Lord, let us forgive ourselves, Lord, and, and move upon us, Lord, and forgive us of our debts, Lord. If there's some animosity we have towards somebody else, Lord, let us remove that right now, Lord, and let it not become something that would... Hold us back. But Lord, as we get ready to take this communion, God, I ask that you touch each and every one of us, Lord. And bring us back into the remembrance, Lord, that our hope is not in us. And our hope is not in 2024. But it's in you. So if you have your bread, will you take it? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the body that was broken on the cross, God. That purchased our salvation as you died on the cross. And you were willing to take the punishment that we deserve. To give us that hope that we long for. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you do in our lives, Lord. And we give it all to you.
Now, if you'll take the juice. Let us drink the juice. Lord, thank you for the blood of the sacrificial lamb, Lord, that washes away our sins. Lord, your word says it makes us as white as snow, Lord, and it makes us to where we can come into communion with you, Lord, holy and righteous. Lord, just keep reminding us, Lord, as we go through these next moments and these next days, Lord, and these next weeks, these months, these years, that we have hope in you. Not because of what we've done, but because of what you're doing in our lives, Lord. Touch each and every one of us and transform us, Lord, to walk accordingly in your will and in your life. Forgiven, my future is. 
2024, I want somebody to know that we need to keep our focus looking for Him. He promised He was coming. And if He's coming, we should put our eyes upon the hope that we have that He will return. And when He returns in the blinkling of an eye, we don't have to deal with this. But we also have to put on the understanding that He's tarried this long. 2024, I don't know if He's coming. Tonight, I don't know if he's coming, but he still can. But I know for a certain that I want to put my hope in him, that he's coming, and look every single day of my life that I can live according to his riches and glories and his promises of yeses and amens, that my family will not go lost, that my friends will not go lost, that my encounters with people will not go unnoticed, that leaves marks of him. Only then can I know that everything's going to be okay. So as we get ready to dismiss this morning, let's remember what he's done. Let us reflect on the goodnesses and his mercies that he's still giving us every single day of our lives. And let us look to 2024 not with hope of our dreams, but let us look at the hope of what he's got coming for us. So Lord, today I gave you all the glory. Lord, we surrender our lives to you, Lord. And as we look to 2024, Lord, let us not look with our own selfish ideals, but let us walk in the reassurance, Lord, that you said that you would lead us with your righteous right hand through this life. God, put us on the wheel, Lord. Spin us around. Get the junk off of us, Lord, to allow us to be the vessels that will go forth into this world and to transform it. Allow us to be obedient unto whatever you got coming to us, Lord as we surrender our lives to you. Lord, we declare that the end of 2023, no more is it about us. But 2024, it's all about you. Have your way, Lord, in 2024. Have your way in our lives and every single day. And let us come forth and remember that weeping might come through 2024, but our joy still comes in the morning, Lord. That even though we might struggle and strain through some parts of our lives, You're with us nonetheless. God, be with us. Touch us, Lord, and guide us in the next year. Be with us and show us your favor in Jesus' name. And the church said? Church, I love you all. Thank you for coming. Thank you, worship team, for doing what you do. And thank you all. Guess what? It's snowing outside, so we're as white as snow tonight. Go and be the church. We love you all. See you next year.